Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. See in front of you, Council Member uh, Anthony Phillips, who leads the ninth councilmatic district, who is from Borough Home to East Oak Lane to parts of Germantown to parts of the Northeast. He's all over the place. And he has become uh, uh, one of the newest uh, council city council members. I asked him when I interviewed him uh, several months ago if I could hold him accountable. He said, yes. I said, all right, then come on on Fridays and let's talk. Now, I, what, one of the questions I have for you, uh, council member Phillips, is are you willing to take phone calls from people if they have questions for you? While you're doing yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. Not a problem. Okay. All right. Okay. We can okay. do that. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Now, let's talk about the ski mask, shall we? The people, <laughs> the people are calling. They're divided. We will never be defeated. Some people yes. say it's a good thing. Some folks say that it's actually targeting a specific group of yeah. people and that those people are usually black and brown. What can we do? I talked to a room full of young people yesterday morning and they were like, yo, miss, it's getting cold outside. We usually wear that when we're on our way to school to stay right. warm. Did anybody consider that? We're on SEPTA and they're telling us we can't wear masks. What are we doing? It's still COVID right. out here. Right. <laughs> so I needed to differentiate between the ski mask and a regular face mask because another lady said, I, they said we can't wear face masks on SEPTA anymore. Yeah. So differentiate for the people, please, before they come for you. I will. I will. So one, thank you uh, for bringing this up. Uh, this last week, uh, Philadelphia City Council passed the ski mask bill by a 13 to vote. What the bill ultimately says is something that I did research as well as work with other community members to address an ongoing concern about public safety in the city of Philadelphia. So when I was um, when I when I started council, I started to, you know, attend public safety meetings as well as community meetings um, that would just the people people would talk about these ski masks and how how they don't feel safe as a result since the post COVID area it's become normal for individuals to wear ski masks and they don't know precisely if this person is just a normal citizen going about their day or someone as a citizen that's about to commit a crime. And so when I went to businesses, I went to schools, I went to rec centers, I literally knocked on doors. Uh, unanimously in our district, for the, for the most part, everyone said, Phillips, go and do something about these ski masks. And so it wasn't just me making a knee-jerk reaction saying, okay, let's do something. But here's what the bill ultimately says. It says that in the city of Philadelphia, you cannot wear a ski mask on public transportation, in schools, in parks, in rec centers, in daycares, and any other city public property, including City Hall. What the bill is ultimately trying to do is not trying to position us to profile black and brown men uh, or, or even young people or any individual of color. What the bill is ultimately trying to do is that it's trying to position us to be able to create a deterrent for people to want to wear ski masks because now ski masks are are going to be are not only banned in most businesses and you know which are stores and companies and so forth, but now they've been banned in all public property as well. And so now, so what the bill doesn't do is that if you're walking down the street and you're wearing ski masks, you can wear a ski mask uh, to the chagrin of many. But yes you can wear a ski mask. What the bill doesn't also say is that 
is not criminalizing black and brown people. I was really thoughtful around that because what I didn't want to happen is that you get a record for wearing a ski mask. So ultimately what it does is just gives you a fine so you can have a little wake up call and your parent, if you're a young person, y'all can have a conversation say, I don't want a $250 fine. And also it helps the police department utilizes as a tool to really, you know, review, you know, individuals who may commit crimes in a city. So you get a $250 fine if you don't commit a crime, $2,000 fine if you commit a crime. And I'll, I'll lastly say this, and we can, you know, continue the discussion. It's just that we have a serious public safety problem in the city of Philadelphia. The reason why a lot of police officers cannot I mean, the detectives and so forth cannot solve crime is because the clearance rate is at, a you know, less than 50 percent for the most part, because people are wearing these ski masks to commit crime before before the pandemic. It wasn't normal for people to wear a ski mask. And I understand that we had safety precautions that came because if you see someone in a ski mask, you're like, oh, something's about to go down. Now we've made it normal. And now, unfortunately, people have that wear these ski masks. You know, I might wear it for a trend, but we have too many people that are using a ski mask for the objective of harm to others. So, yes, civil liberties has always been important to me and others, uh, but you're, you don't have the right to have your, your with liberty infringe on the uh, liberties of others. And that's ultimately what this has been doing. But if you have a Halloween costume, if you're wearing it for religious reasons, um, if you're wearing it for outdoor activities for such as work and so forth, you can still wear the ski mask. So we've thought about all of the possibilities of how to make this uh, ski mask thing work for those individuals who want to wear it. I do encourage young people and some other folks to wear other things that I used to wear that wasn't ski masks uh, to keep ourselves warm. Um, but we just got to we just got to settle in um, on this issue because otherwise the city is going crazy. All right. So Charles Gregory Postel says a lot of our Islamic community wear face coverings where certain designs to an untrained eye look very similar to a face mask or ski mask. What does this build say to protect one of the largest religious groups in Philadelphia? Great question. Great. Excellent question. What this bill says is that you cannot uh, discriminate against an individual based off of uh, of their religion. So if, if you have an Islamic covering, you cannot be asked under no circumstances to take that mask off. Um, and to be honest with you, most criminals in the city of Philadelphia are not will not wear Islamic coverings uh, because they just they understand that. First of all, a lot of people, believe it or not, who commit crimes, they have a they have a sacred spot in them, you know, for some part. Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. And number two, um, it's not a comfortable trend for a lot of young people to just go ahead and start wearing that. So yes, we won't be targeting that. And I'm also confident in the Philadelphia Police Department having conversations with them. I know we have a bad history um as black people with sometimes with the Philadelphia Police Department. But to be honest with you all, I was when we put this bill together, we were less concerned about the Philadelphia Police Department because if you look at the rates uh, victimhood uh, in terms of murders from the city for the Philadelphia Police Department compared to what we have done to our own selves, black on black crime, brown on brown crime. Mm -hmm. That's what I was more concerned about. Young people walking up into our neighborhoods and they seeing other people with ski masks and they, they fighting each other because they think they about to go, you know, something's about to go down. So the, you were going to get more in trouble with folks that look like you wearing a ski mask in the Philadelphia Police Department. Mm -hmm. Harold Spriddle says, I agree with him, but the police unsolved murder rate was high before the ski mask, right? Um, Joanne Kemp says, what happens if a young person wears a winter scarf wrapped around their faces covering them? Is that what they that's can, about? Yes, they can wear a winter scarf 
um, to wrapped around their face to cover them. Uh, that clearly would be uh, for their for their for the for, for for their protection from the cold. Yeah. Someone asked, was this vetted by the Philadelphia Law Department? It was actually vetted. I actually had to go through several. I'm glad, that's a great question. Someone knows the city very well. Mm-hmm. I actually had to go through several months work with the law department mm-hmm. um, because, you know, initially there were some things that we wanted to do around and they made sure that we didn't do something that was going to, you know, make it illegal. So the reason why it was became public property is because the city of Philadelphia can make, a, you know, rules around how they want their public property uh, to be, you know, be a minister. And so, yes. So was they it? can't wear it in schools, daycare, rec centers, public transportation. Did I miss anything? Yeah, public transportation, parks, libraries, um, and anything public, <laughs> fire, fire stations, okay. uh, any public property that's owned by the city of Philadelphia, city hall, um, you name it. Um, okay. They cannot wear it. Okay. Okay. So once you get inside, y'all, now parks I'm a little bit concerned about because if you're outside in the cold and you're yeah. praying, you know, that that might be a little problematic. Um, I, I get that part. But here's what it is, is that what we reason why we, we entered parks into this inscription is because oftentimes, you know, families come there and uh, they want to feel good about bringing their entire family there without wondering whether or not this this person who has a face that is clearly disclosed, not for religious reasons, but because we God knows it could be, you know, 90 degree weather. Now, it so happens that this bill was 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 fulfilled in the winter. But most of the time we see a ski mask of people are outside hanging out in hot weather during the spring, summer and fall. And so that is what that is why sometimes it just doesn't make sense. to People like, oh, it's because it's more cold outside. Yeah. Let's think about who, who's really wearing it. Yeah. So Fatima Rashid wants to know, how will the fines be enforced? So what's going to happen is that the Philippines Department will, uh, you know, if if contacted, uh, what they will do is that they're going to literally go to the individual uh, that they see with the ski mask, ask them to take it off. Uh, if they, you know, they refuse to take it off, they'll get an opportunity to take the ski mask off. Uh, if they refuse to take it off. Um, they will ultimately get their information and, and find them. Um, because they, they will at that moment have to identify themselves in some capacity. And so, yes, it will become a situation where they will have to be they will have to be compliant with giving that information. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrea Walker says, how about restaurants? Is it safe to say, please remove your ski mask before entering? Yeah. Absolutely. We um, we were we most businesses in the city of Philadelphia were already doing this. Um, so we were we were confident that we didn't necessarily have to legalize this and give them the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to put businesses in it. But um, yes, it's safe to say that most if you go to any restaurant or establishment, mm-hmm. uh, we you know we are going. You can do that. Yes, um, they probably should just put up signs outside and as people enter to let them know. And if yep. they come in and they still wear them, you know they can say see, see the sign. Yeah. It's like it's now it's now a law in the city that you cannot wear ski masks in here. Absolutely. And you have the right to not serve them, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So then the next question is these be y'all are killing it on Facebook this morning. <laughs> How will the fines be, be the fines collected be used? I hope it will be directed towards anti-violence programming. You know what? I love that idea. I will tell you all that um this the fines are going to go to the general fund for the city, so we'll just go to the operating fund. But to be honest with you, um, depending on how this goes, 
I, I definitely would be open to looking into a pot- potential amendment uh, so the fines can go towards, you know, educational opportunities or something uh, positive for like, you know, something directly that you can look and feel similar to the soda tax mm-hmm. um, so, so you can feel and see. Uh, but right now it's just going to the general fund. I've heard someone say that to me the other day and I said, you know, that's a really, really thoughtful idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so I want to I want to give people credit on that one. So I want to look into seeing that's a possible possibility. Uh, Harry Williams says cops will not enforce this law. I'm not sure about that, Harry. I've been talking to a lot of police officers. You know, they're, they're frustrated that things are happening around them um, where they can't say anything. And so now that this is a, a law, maybe this will give them, if, they, if they suspect someone to be doing something nefarious. Um, hey, hey, uh, uh, let me see. Right. Let me see. Wait, 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 wait. Because y'all are talking. My God. Don't do that. <laughs> Listen, Carla wants to know his plan for children since two rec centers in Alney are closed at the same time without the rec centers, the kids turn to the streets. Good question. So that is why since I got since I started in office and thank God you all had the opportunity of of helping me get it, get in the office um, to serve. I, I, I've listened to people say that. And that's why I was so adamant about making sure that Audi Rec Center opened back up. And so they're actually starting construction within the next two weeks on Audi Rec Center before the end of the year. They're doing a groundbreaking to get that started. It should be up and ready by the end of 2025. So I agree. Now, what, so wait, what my team. So, so wait, wait. So it's yeah. going to take two years. What's going to happen with the children in between then? Yeah. So that is so one of the things that I, I that our team is doing, we're actually planning this out. We want to we're, we're working to increase the number of nonprofit organizations to, to actually come into Alany and other areas in the ninth district. Um, so that kids can have something to do, even though it's not at a rec center, they can have something to do. Now, also, as part of contingency plans. We there are there is buses that the direct centers programs are still going like the basketball, the football, and so forth. So we have busing programs and so forth to bring them into other spaces. Uh, so that will give them some things to do as well. Uh, but I I definitely understand and see that concern. But I that's why I want us to make sure that we get our. I'm also going to be working on a uh, on a nonprofit support a nonprofit fair so that we can get an after school fair get kids involved with, they bring all the after school parents, tons of them, hundreds, and find a way to get kids involved with those activities because they do need to be off the street. So I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. All right. So on top of that, we have a $407 million deficit at the Philadelphia School District. They just posted a a report about that. What are your thoughts around, because listen, we keep saying education matters. Yes, ma'am. What do we do? Our children need hope. Right. In that they have to get a solid education. The school district uh, says they're working on, on a on a four hundred and seven million dollar deficit. Um, how is the city council working with the school district in terms of funding? What does that look like? You know what? You know, what's interesting. Sometimes um, we, we work closely every month. I'm on the education committee with the with the school district of Philadelphia. Um, and what, we're, what we've done with the school district of Philadelphia is that we've asked them literally to come up with a, a plan. Um, for school funding as well as for infrastructure funding to be sent to Harrisburg, um, where the governor is working closely with all of the representatives and senators in Harrisburg 
to pass something that would get Philadelphia funding. Unfortunately, the school district of Philadelphia has not done their part to put to put together a proposal with a funding plan that we have asked them to do. Um, and we're still waiting on that because that will make a world of a difference. Now we're going to continue to give, uh, you know, the, the you know, couple hundreds of millions of dollars that we give them every single year, uh, but that's still not enough to take them out of their situation. Um, and also, I always think about the school district of Philadelphia and about and like their they're, they're, why they're in this deficit, God knows, right? We, we have to really think about what's causing a lot of those things. But I do understand that they need funding. And that is also because we as leaders have not put together a plan. It has to come from city council who have asked the school district of Philadelphia, if you put together a plan, it can involve private donors, corporations, Harrisburg, even city council, um, even in a community that can help us get to this, get this deficit out of the way. Um, but that plan has not been executed, and that's why we're. How I think long? How long have you been asking them for a plan? We oh, over a year now at this point. You know, and since it, I've been. This is council. why these conversations matter, right? Because yes. we wouldn't know. Okay. Yeah. So yep. over a year now, you've been asking them for a plan, and I happen to know Dr. Generals um, is somebody who was a leader among leaders that has a whole plan. He, you see how he built the whole automotive center, yep. like like they could talk to him. About yep. what? Because he works with city and state and local officials to help the the community college of Philadelphia to thrive and grow. Wow, that's Here, a great example. The community college idea. has gotten has received funding because they have put together a solid plan on what their needs are. The school yep. district has not put together a solid plan on their needs. Like we don't even know how much each building is going to cost at this point to kind of like fix or renovate. And so Sylvia Sim says. Sylvia, good morning, oh, my sister. Oh, good morning, I know her. I, 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 listen, I don't know before. <laughs> she said, city council needs to hold the district accountable. No learning is going on. Please do walkthroughs. Funding will not matter. That so, was from Ms. Sylvia Sims. Uh, Ms. Sylvia, Ms. Sylvia, let me tell you something. I'm. We're at a point where we are almost willing to hold funding from the school district of Philadelphia temporarily, or as long as we have to, oh. until they do right by our children. She's right. I think Miss Sylvia was on the school board, I believe. Yeah, she right? was on the school board yeah, and Karen yeah. Power. Yeah, I've known Karen her for a while. Power. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so she she knows that, mm-hmm. you know, in the city of Philadelphia, like the school district of Philadelphia is a mind of mind of its own. Um, holding them accountable, the only way you can hold them accountable is literally through their funding. Um and but even then they, they literally you know won't sometimes do what you ask them to do. And I ah, think, so Iris Brunson says the school district is historical no- historically notorious for ignoring city council demands and requests. When did that become a thing? If you're depending on someone for your funding, why don't you do what they ask you to do? That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying I, I sometimes I'm, I'm worried that we're going to have to make a tough decision one day around funding. And that's not you don't want to you don't want to put a like a, 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 a not fund something because our kids need it. But then it's like we're supposed to be partners. Like the community is asking us to work with you to address issues, and you're not listening. It's like you continue to do your own thing because you know that we have to give you money, otherwise you won't be able to operate and serve our kids at all. And so it becomes like a, a tug of war in that particular way. So yes, and, historically, and, and, and the people that su- and the people that suffer the most are the children and their families, and that shows up every yeah. single day. Yeah, they say and do. 
Yeah, I want to talk to you. We have time. I want to talk about. Yeah, we one got more. time. Keep going. Go on. All right. So I just want to talk about one more bill that's coming up uh, for a vote next week in city council, and I thought the public should know. So in the city of Philadelphia, um, one of our one of our colleagues, uh, Jim Harity, uh, he's introduced a bill called Bill Two Three Zero Seven Four Six, which is this displaced workers bill. The displaced workers bill ultimately says the following: that in this, well, let me just talk about the current ordinance. So SEIU, which is a, a large union in the city of Philadelphia, operates in the city of Philadelphia, has workers and security, janitorial service, building maintenance, food and beverage, hotel service, and parking lot attendants. They have union workers. Currently in the city of Philadelphia, there's a protection code in which says, if a, so let's say, for instance, one hotel, a new hotel industry, comes into the city of Philadelphia and takes over a standing hotel industry like Hilton takes over the Marriott. Right. It says that ultimately you have to keep the workers for 90 days. And that's the building maintenance, food, beverage, concierge, all those people for 90 days to help smooth transition. However, a lot of businesses in the city of Philadelphia, they ultimately sometimes want to bring it in their own people. So that's why sometimes after 90 days, they just let them go, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this new law that's being introduced is saying that not only do you have to keep the workers for 90 days, but you also have to evaluate the workers on their performance. And if they're performing at a satisfactory level, they you are, you are asked to retain the workers. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, this has caused an uproar, right? And the business community, and the worker community is like, we love this, right? Because at the end of the day, this means that if I'm doing a great job, I get to keep my job. I don't have to look for another job. Right. But the problem is, is this. The business community is greatly concerned about how we're going to attract new industries and new businesses to come in. Because it's like, Andrea, if you come in and you come into a, a team and you're basically saying, I want my own team that love me and my own style. And business is like, yeah, I want my own team, one don't style. But the reality is that they're not going to be able to get that potentially with if this new bill, this new law is passed. So I'm actually interested in learning from, you know, residents. Uh, and this is quickly one of the things I've been concerned about is the process. This kind of snuck up on us. I'm trying to think about, like, trying to get resident feedback on, on this. The, the business community and the worker community did not spend a lot of time talking about this because it kind of was like, introduced really quickly. Um, but I just wanted to share people, share with people that this is coming up. And I want to also note, and I'll stop here, that the business community, just so you know, revenue, the large majority of the revenue of, of the city of Philadelphia comes from businesses, right? Oh. <laughs> okay. So I, I hear you. I hear, I hear the both and as we're talking, here's the, 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 Here's where I hear from the workers, as, as from the workers' yeah. point of view. Philadelphia is turning at an alarming rate. New businesses are coming. New contractors are coming. All sorts of things are happening. Hotels are turning over. Hotels are being built on Broad Street like cotton candy, right? Mm-hmm. If, 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 if every new business that comes in brings their own people, what happens to the people that actually live in this city that have been working? Can they come to a yep. compromise that says... We will keep some of your workers, bring in some of ours so we can blend together to figure out because it, it can't be all or nothing on either side is what I'm saying. 
Can we can we figure that part out? And, and that's and that's what's going on. I, I'm glad you said that. It cannot be all or nothing on either side. Unfortunately, the business community is in an uproar because they didn't have the opportunity to provide their caveat of what they how to get to a middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um, which ultimately, that's what's going on with the Sixers. They've been working for a year, you know, or so mm-hmm. on trying to get to a middle ground with the Chinatown community. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this bill has only it only came up within a month. That's not enough time to negotiate and right. discuss. So it's kind of done. It's not done in a way in which our, the process and I want right. to folks, the process is not done. So you're right. The process is not work well. Right. And, 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 and it has to, because if you pass a bill like this unilaterally without having real conversations on either side, vetting it through your law department, it's going to cause yet another batch of issues, right? Yeah. While on the the face of it, it's a good thing for the workers of this city. We also need to consider the other side and pull together and find a middle ground so that this can work. When I tell you that the comments are flying on here. (laughs) That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Uh, Okay. So Laverne Cheeseboro says, are they bringing them in because the people here don't want to work? I think it's discrimination, but that's a fair question. Laverne, a lot of businesses do this. When they come in with their, they, they buy something, they want to bring their own team with them. So I don't believe it's discrimination necessarily, but they want to bring the team that they're accustomed to working with so that they can, because if, if you're a business owner and you are successful in other parts, you know the team that will work with you to continue that level of success, right? So it, it, there's, there's that part of it. Um, the part that you talk about, about some folks not wanting to work, that's very real too. Mm-hmm. That's very real too. Let this, let's just be clear. Cause right. we've, been, we've seen some things happening when we walk into certain places. You on your phone talking, you acting mm-hmm. like you don't want to do customer service. You know, you're mean and you're nasty and you're rude. Uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. We, we, we have to be better too on our end, right? Um, yep. Lord Jesus, there's so many comments here. Uh, <laughs> Sylvia Sims says, hold the district accountable to do school advisory councils in every school. This will work. It's not rocket science. Let's discuss. But Sylvia, okay. we've been talking about this for a while. And it's not just in Philadelphia. It's in every, For some reason, they were afraid of having parents involved. But with parents' involvement, things can only get better with the students and the, and the faculty in the school. Not sure what this is. <laughs> Phil Lockett says, the school board has always been a cash cow for the... for the double standard, the double standards. And I think the public schools are the bottom of education and it costs us more than private schools. Hmm. You know, to, to, be on, to be honest with you, I think one thing city council can do, and I don't mind working with the owners. I'm thinking that we, we need to begin to, to get the public more involved with yes. our negotiations. And I, I, and I pray to God that that will help. That will help steer the, the, the district, the, the way the y'all, the way the public hits us, we need to hit them the same way. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the one more thing. Bridget Powell says, "Mr. Phillips, will you get support? Will you support getting rid of COAs since they started in 2015? Mm. They have been a nightmare for families. I, I, one of the things I would love to." Uh, talk to city council about is what's going on with the Department of Human Service, DHS. Yes. That is uh, yes. a thing, an albatross all by itself. And mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had with families about, um, you know, what's going on with the children there. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Andrea, you, you are absolutely right. Um, 
the CUA program was was meant to help help DHS so that they can have more support with work gaining more additional you know staff to help them with uh, our young people. Mm-hmm. But the CUA program has been a disaster, right? It is not it's not worked at all. Um, so right now, I do know that Mayor Elect Parker has an entire com- transition com- transition committee mm-hmm. focused on DHS as well as and so forth. Mm-hmm. My hope is that they can provide the best rec. We can. I'm going to work with the mayoral administration and have to come up with the best recommendations. Because if you remember, mm-hmm. the coup was started under another mayoral administration. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Nutter or or Kenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those. Yeah, they, and so they, it was just continued. So it's like the mayoral administration will have a lot more say over that altogether. Um, but yes, I think that we do have to look into fixing that. One last question. Black yes. these people are talking. What is happening with the revenue from the parking authority that was intended for schools? Is it being it is being squandered and has been for years? There's a narrative regarding the funds that I opt not to comment on here. It does not reach the schools. I trust not. Go figure. I am in these schools and they are deplorable. So apparently the revenue from the parking authority, according to this person, is being squandered and has been for years. Yeah, I I do not have enough information to respond yeah. to that question. And when I don't when I don't know something, I will definitely not respond. Yes. But what yes. I can do is that, you know, I can try to find get that information and then and get a better response. But yes, the, the, the parking authority has made agreements in the past to do yes. some public good work for the city of Philadelphia with their revenue. All right, so we're going to leave that alone. Let's do, let's do some research and start to ask some questions. My brother, you killed the game. <laughs> we well, for 30 straight minutes. Listen, thank you, Philadelphia. Thank you for all your comments. Y'all keep me up. Y'all keep me working. And uh, thanks, Andrea, for having me on. You're welcome, my brother. Take it easy. All right, all take right, care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 